Hello, and welcome to PDA, Neurodivergence, and the Perpetually Determined Advocate. I am your Perpetually Determined Advocate, Cassandra. This is a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to raising awareness and acceptance of PDA, or Pathological Demand Avoidance, which is a lesser-known part of the autism spectrum. My hope for this podcast is to provide a place of learning and growth, as well as a platform for PDAers, professionals, parents, family members, and others to speak out on this condition, as well as providing resources for those who want to learn more. If you or someone you know would like to come on and use this platform to tell their story, please contact me at perpetuallydeterminedadvocate at gmail.com. Now, let's launch into this episode's topic. I apologize for the late posting of this episode and also that it may be a bit on the shorter side. COVID decided to make a stop in our house, which threw off my schedule a bit. It also meant that I didn't have the time to fully research a topic the way I normally would. It brings up an interesting point, though, and one that we haven't covered on the podcast before, and that is handling quarantine with a pda It was my youngest who ended up testing positive. I knew it was probably only a matter of time before it happened because he's the only one who's not fully vaccinated and he goes to school, which admittedly is a germ factory. Not that I'm criticizing his school in particular. I mean that in a general sense, and all schools are germ factories, even the university I teach at. There are simply too many people from different places all coming together and all having been exposed to a variety of different groups of people. There are germ factories even when we aren't in the middle of a pandemic. So I knew it was probably coming. I will also say that I've been dreading the moment when we did end up in quarantine because of little man's PDA. It isn't that I don't love spending time with my kids or that I want the school to raise them for me or even that I have a problem with my son's neurodivergence. It's none of those things. The dread comes from knowing that a quarantine is going to throw off his routine. Now, while it is true that PDAers don't always want to follow the same routine over and over because it can become a demand, it is also true that having a general idea of what's going to happen eases some of the anxiety that is very commonplace for PDA. You know, that sort of safety in the known versus the anxiety of the unknown. Plus, my son doesn't handle transitions well. He really never has, right? Um, The beginning of every school year is a struggle. Even though he's returning to the same school, There are differences in teachers, classmates, schedules, etc. And this year was no different, right? He had a meltdown in the first week, and that really threw off the staff. It kind of threw them for a loop. It was the first time he'd really had a meltdown at this school. He changed schools halfway through the year last year, um, which we were able to do somewhat uh, seamlessly. And I talked about his meltdown that he had at the beginning of the year in a previous episode. Um, But then, as if the transition to a new school year wasn't enough, halfway through his second week back, he gets diagnosed with COVID and we have to go into quarantine. So 
here we had to apply another shift, another transition, and undo any progress that had been made in getting him used to being at school again. It also meant that we were under the demand to stay at home, and he was not allowed to be around the other kids in the house. My oldest was tested, and when his test came back negative, he went to stay with friends until the quarantine was over, so that he didn't have to miss work. My 15-year-old, however, stuck in the house. Normally, my youngest will pop in and out of his older siblings' rooms and go talk to them. In quarantine, one was not here, and the other he wasn't really allowed to be around to prevent passing it on, because my 15-year-old is only half vaccinated. And that's not on purpose. Uh, We were supposed to go and get the second shot smack dab in the middle of quarantine. Needless to say, that didn't happen. So now I have this kid that doesn't handle change or demands well, who suddenly has to change everything about how he normally behaves at home. Not just changing the schedule from being back at school to being at home again, but also having to change how he normally would behave at home and operate under a new set of demands to avoid spreading germs or getting his siblings sick. Do you see where that dread came from? (laughs) I'm sure that other parents of PDAers out there can relate to this struggle. Um, The first few days weren't a huge problem because he felt pretty worn out, so keeping him contained in one general part of the house wasn't enormously difficult. Once he started feeling better, though, it became a struggle. Now, I sat him down and explained that we needed to try to keep from spreading germs, so we needed to keep him away from others. I also didn't want him getting on all of the furniture because I had no real idea of how to sanitize couches for COVID. (laughs) And I was going behind him after he went to the bathroom or touched things in common areas like the kitchen and wiping things down with sanitizing wipes to, you know, prevent the spread in common areas. The problem is trying to explain all of that to a demand avoidant kid and all of the things that he can't do and all of the expectations without presenting any of it as a demand is really difficult. Honestly, it was a little exhausting. I use the word we a lot. I found that when I'm talking about things that we, quote unquote, can do, um, it makes it seem a little bit less like a demand on him and more like a joint effort that we're doing together. It's one of the methods I've found that work for us most of the time. Not all of the time. There is no hard and fast, right? We've learned that lesson. Still, he's also a kid, right? And kids forget things, or they get excited, or they simply act without impulse control, right? That's normal behavior for any kid, let alone a kid who also happens to have ADHD and impulse control issues, right? So I had to give many gentle reminders. These were not always met with a gentle response. We had outbursts of frustration, anxiety attacks. We had self-deprecation uh, for not remembering or for doing the wrong thing, um, and a little bit of self-harm 
though luckily not much on that front. Still, though, it brings up some real concerns for PDAers put under the extreme pressure that comes from quarantine. Normally, there would have been a few evenings at Dad's house, but that couldn't happen. Dad did come over a few times and talk to him from outside the window, but he couldn't go near him and he couldn't go to his house, which is part of his routine now. So it wasn't just school that was thrown off. I mean, my ex and I had a very slow separation because when we first tried to separate, the transition was too shocking for our son and there were some pretty disastrous um, consequences. It's been about a year now since he fully moved out, um, since we had the very slow separation, and the kids have gotten used to this new normal and the new routine of seeing us at intervals. Shaking that up did not help this situation any. Something that caused some issues was the excessive thinking about what he was missing out on or what he wasn't able to do. He would realize something that he couldn't do while in quarantine and it would just swirl and circle in his head and grow larger and larger until he exploded with it. The internal demands or the lack of control over the things that were normal and expected in his life and those normal bits being gone, those expected things being gone, it really shook him at times. He would get frustrated, yell, and lash out. And then other times, he would become afraid of falling behind at school and almost become really scared. And he would need to be right next to me to feel some sort of comfort while he was panicked. And it was a real roller coaster of emotions on the outside. So I am almost certain that on the inside of him, it was even more intense. I mean, while we did manage to make it out of quarantine a fair bit better than I anticipated, I'm one of those who expect the best but prepare for the worst type of people. Now we have to face going back to school again getting back to a routine again. Um, after his meltdown at school, he was more nervous about going back. This will add stress of another transition on top of a situation where he was already really anxious. The thing is, whenever, and this is the other part that I was dreading, because while PDA is a profile of autism with some different characteristics, it is still a profile of autism. And so it has some similar identifiers. So this next week could be really problematic. He's being re reintroduced at school after being sick and after having a meltdown. Um, after, as I mentioned in the earlier episode, this was his first meltdown at the new school. Um, he had been masking and blending to avoid being teased by other children. And that meltdown broke that facade. So this is going to be one of the harder start of year transitions, I think, because it's had to happen more than once. My heart honestly goes out to all of you who do the quarantine thing with a PDA kiddo. It's so hard on them and they can feel so out of control and anxious about the whole thing. I think being their safe space, that lighthouse in the storm, can be difficult. We are humans too, and keeping that calm 
in back-to-back days that can go sideways a lot is daunting at times. Quarantine is hard on the neurotypical, let alone how difficult it can be for the neurodivergent folks, especially with all the curveballs it throws. I wish I had a fix-all or some great bit of wisdom to impart, but I think we all know that the world of PDA is one that has no real hard and fast rules. I mean, it's demand avoidance, right? There are no perfect solutions. Just know that we are all here for you. Both. Right? Community is so important and having people who can relate and pass on what that's worked for them in quarantine can be exceedingly helpful. After the first initial struggle, I went into my PDA group and did a search on quarantine to see some of the different things that we had talked about and different suggestions given over the past year. And just seeing other people who had experienced the same things and having suggestions for actions I could take to make this easier on my little guy, and by extension also myself, was a major relief. I hope to keep growing a community with the podcast. Um, Don't forget that we are on Facebook now, so you can keep up with the episodes. But that also provides another place to talk to each other and help each other. As always, you can email me with any questions, comments, constructive criticism, or concerns at perpetuallydeterminedadvocate at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on social media. Just search PDA Neurodivergence and the Perpetually Determined Advocate on Facebook or Instagram. And until next time, remember, in a world where you can be anything, be kind.